previously on Roger Braddock, Space Explorer. The only thing out of the ordinary was the radio signal that Ray intercepted about an hour ago. Roger, Ray found that signal again. You... you should come up to the cockpit. I was able to trace it within a few million miles of its origin. Where's it come from? There's nothing there. No stars, no planets, nothing. And this message wasn't in English. Or for that matter, Spanish, French, Italian, Swedish. It wasn't in any language I've ever heard. Ray, what are you saying? That we're not the only ones out here. What? Roger, we've just discovered evidence of intelligent extraterrestrial life. In intelligent life? From outer space? Like the old folk stories? Alright, well, they aren't Martians invading Earth with tripods and heat rays, but in a sense, yes, I think so. Ray, are you positive? I managed to record the very end of the message. I'll take this disc to the records room and preserve it. Then, once we get to Proxima Centauri, we can make a copy for you to listen to. I know once you hear it, you'll be convinced. Just trust me until then. Here, I can take it to the records room. I'm going there anyway to do my log. While you do that, we should fail, Arison. We? You and I. How about just you? If I call Iris and tell her I've made the biggest scientific discovery since... since Columbus found America, she'll laugh us off the intercom. You mean the biggest discovery since the Vikings found America. They beat Columbus by a few hundred years. Well, natives were there before the Vikings. That's true. Alright, the biggest discovery since the natives found America. My point is, she probably won't believe it coming from you two, let alone me. I'm just going to sit here with my headphones on and see if I can get a fix on that signal again. Here's the recording, Andromeda. Oh, by the way, could you bring me a couple more blank discs? I've only got three or four left right here. Sure thing. That evening, as the crew of the Athena sits down for supper, Ray's discovery is still all they can talk about. So you really think that's it? You're sure, absolutely positive, that this isn't just some old Earth signal? I'm telling you. Whatever it is they were speaking, it was unlike any language I've ever heard. There are plenty of languages you've never heard. But there's plenty I have heard, too. And this wasn't English, or Spanish, or Polish, or Swedish, or anything vaguely familiar to me. I heard part of the message, too. Ray's right. Whatever language it was, it wasn't something we recognized. They rolled their R's like in Spanish or Italian, but some of the other consonants sounded more like Chinese. But Chinese is a tonal language, and whoever was talking in the message never changed pitch. And then there was this... Ah, uh, this ooh sound? I can't quite replicate it, but it sounded more... German. I can't think of any human language that combines all those qualities. What she said. When we get back to Earth, we can take it to a linguist for analysis, but I'm sure it's not a human language. I'm going to finish this up in the cockpit. I know Roger said he'd watch for the signal, but I'd rather be there myself. That way he doesn't get distracted and fly us into an asteroid while he's trying to monitor the radio station. Don't forget to record your log! Eris, you too. Right. Definitely. I'll be very sure to do that. You want to get yelled at by command again? Oh, come on. What are they going to do besides get mad over the radio? Oh, I don't know. Maybe suspend you for a couple of weeks? 
You want to stay on Earth while we go to Procyon with Dr. Hopper? Ugh, alright. I'll do my stupid log after supper. I'll waste time that I could be using to clean the engine room to tell Command that, after takeoff, I went to the engine room and I cleaned it. It's protocol, Eris. Protocol also says we should have a crew of at least five. No one's yelling at us for that. Yet. How about we invite Danny? Ha ha. Evening. Oh, evening. Uh, what are you doing here at this hour? I figured I'd keep an ear out for that signal while I'm eating. No, you don't have to do that. I got it under control. With all due respect, I'd rather have you focusing on piloting our spaceship than listening for mysterious radio signals. <laughs> Alright, that's fair. I've been meaning to ask you something. Hmm? Andromeda mentioned it earlier, but... What happened between you and Danny? You, Eris, and him, you used to all be such good friends. And now you two go out of your way to avoid talking to him. But he doesn't even act as though anything's different. It... I don't want to get into it. We were just... Danny and I were close. Real close. But after a while, well, you need your space. And I tried to tell him that. But he just... He just didn't get it. And so I was getting tired of him before, but when he kept hanging around after that, I just got so sick of seeing him all the time, you know? It got to the point where we didn't have anything to talk about because we were hardly doing anything without the other person there. I'd start telling him about a crazy thing that happened to me the day before, but then I'd realize he was there when it happened. Iris never really liked him. They got along alright when Danny and I were spending a lot of time with each other, but she still thought he was irritating. She just kept it mostly to herself for my sake. But then when I asked Danny to cool it, he went and turned to Iris and started trying to get her to devote every ounce of her free time to him. It was a mess. So that's why you guys don't like him? He's too demanding? Well, maybe not demanding. He's like a little kid. He just always wants someone paying attention to him. And I really just don't have that kind of energy. And it's not just that. I mean, Danny, Iris, and I, we all used to be good friends with this group of people we met in school. And at first, everything was fine. But then, about three years ago, they just... suddenly decided they didn't like Iris anymore. And I mean, I understand. I understand completely. We fight all the time, you know that. But this was... different. I mean, the things they would say about her. You know, they didn't even have the courage to say it to her face. They'd wait for her to leave the room, and then they'd insult her, either expecting her to agree or... So, you finally bought the new Beatles album? I did, I did. I finally got around to buying it. What do you think? I thought it was excellent, just excellent. I'm already waiting for their next album. Is there a release date for their next album yet? Um, maybe. I think I heard something about there being an American album in spring. They're different here than in England. They are? Yeah, same with the Rolling Stones. Sometimes they just change the title, other times the songs are in a different order, or they're missing some songs but adding different ones. Huh, 
That's odd. Probably something to do with copyright. Yeah, probably. Speaking of the stones, they have something new coming out soon, don't they? They do. I was just talking to Sharon the other day, and she mentioned that you can reserve a copy of the next Rolling Stones release at the Shellock Shack on the corner of 5th and Washburn. All you have to do is call or visit the store and ask about reserving a copy of the record. They'll take down your name and number, and once the record gets there, they'll notify you and hold a copy for you. That phone number is 146-5337. Again, that's 146-5337. The Shellac Shack is open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. And yes, as the name implies, they still sell old shellac records in addition to all the new ones. They have a lot of the older gems there too. I found an old 78 of As Time Goes By last week. The original one from the early 30s. That sounds familiar. I can't quite place it, but it sounds familiar. Play it again, Sam, for old time's sake. I think that's the line. Oh, right. My mom loves that movie. It's... I know this. It's World War II. They're in France. No, no, they, they were in France. That's the other line. Oh, shoot. What's it called? Casablanca. Casablanca. That's it. How did I forget? Casablanca. (laughs) Well, now that we've wasted your time, listener, (laughs) how about we play it? You have it? I do. All right, let's play it then, for old times' sake. But the drama and I never knew Danny or any of his friends like you two did. You know the full extent of what happened. If you want us to avoid them from now on, we'll do that. Even if you don't ask us to, I'm going to try to avoid them anyway, now that I know all that. I'll talk to Iris. Oh, and... Don't tell her I told you all this, alright? You know how she is. Very private. Doesn't like to talk about these sorts of things. She'd be angry with me if she knew we talked this much about it. My lips are sealed. Thank you. I still get the feeling that's not the full story. And that's fine. I understand not wanting to give away every last detail of something personal like this. But just know that. If you ever feel ready to tell someone, you can always come to me. Alright, now you're getting sappy. Well, it's true. You, Eris, and Andromeda, you're like family to me. Roger? Yes? Eris is still refusing to record her daily log. (sighs) Is she there? Uh, no. She's not right here. I can hear you! What was that? Andromeda locked me in the records room. Get me out of here. Andromeda? What else was I supposed to do? I don't know. Talk to her? She doesn't listen. Andromeda, please let Eris out of the records room. But... Let. Her. Out. Like family, huh? (sighs) Yeah. Just like family. This has been Roger Braddock. Space Explorer, brought to you by the Davis Family Grocery Store in downtown Rhapsody. Remember, tune in to when next Wednesday at 7.30 for the next installment. Until then, take care, Rhapsody, and good night. When in Rhapsody was created by Julie Watson. This episode was written by Julie Watson and edited by Hannah Myers. The audio was edited by Julie Watson. The WHEN jingle was written by Julie Watson arranged by Amy Galson, and performed by Anthony Wayne High School's vocal jazz ensemble, Generally Jazz. The Roger Braddock theme 
was written by Bryce Absher and performed by Bryce Absher. The voice of Edna Beecher was Claire McNerney. The voice of Roger Braddock was Finn Merton. The voice of Andromeda Hather was Ari Dellen. The voice of Ray Scarbeck was Courtney Perdue. The voice of Eris Scarbeck was A.J. Olson. The voice of the first mysterious radio host was Catherine Collier. The voice of the second mysterious radio host was Hannah Dykins. When in Rhapsody will update on the first Saturday of each month. Between episodes, you can catch up with us on Tumblr at When in Rhapsody or on Twitter at WHENpod. And finally, thank you for listening. Take care, Rhapsody, and good night.